And now, Kyle 2K on K-Talk. And welcome back to the Kyle 2K show on AM 630 KTKK. Uh, this is not Kyle 2K. I'm Clark of Ocean. And I am filling in for Kyle 2K while he's gone. I don't know where he is, but he left and he asked me to take over the show. So I have taken over the show. He will be back. Fear not. The normal 6 to 8 spot on Monday uh, when we get back. What is Monday? The 2nd, I think? Something like that. Anyway, whatever it is, because today's August. No, it can't be the 2nd, because today's August 22nd. So whatever day it is, I don't know, 23rd, 24th, 25th. He'll be back on the 25th. Anyway, I have a special guest in studio with me today, and we we're very happy. I want to thank Michael Steck for in the last hour of JoeFirearms.com for talking about the NFA gun trusts. They're pretty neat little things. Um, and get a hold of him at JoeFirearms.com. And uh, he also talked about the AK Fun Shoot. Um so it's not just a regular shoot, which is obviously fun. This is involving AKs. So if you have an AK, bring your ammo, bring your eyes and ears, maybe a raincoat up to the Davis County Shooting Range, the Wasatch Shooters Association up in Kaysville, up on the East Bench, and uh, do that from 9 to noon. And it's free admission if you're shooting an AK. All right. So my guest in this hour is Rick Kerber. That's right. You heard it, Rick Kerber. He has been in the news recently. Um, and he's, you know, Rick is actually coming off a string of victories. <laughs> um, and so Rick, um, let's see, is, uh, I want to make sure your mic is on. Rick, is your mic on right now? I, I think so. And, unless the government's, uh, you know, I'm not seeing that, you know, I'm not seeing the little, um, I'm not seeing them peg themselves. So say something again. Let's make sure. Right here. I'm right here. You know, I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing the new, oh wait, no, I know why. I know why. Now say something. I'm right here. Here we go. Now I saw some needles. Yeah, you got to be careful. The government's always listening, Clark. Uh, well, I know they're, they're not too concerned with I what know. I. Well, they are too concerned about what I have to say. So you got to be know, careful. And you know the other neat thing is, you know, because because <laughs> Mills and and that has been touting these little radiation badges up at the front. You know, radiation detector badges that you wear. And uh, I had to tell them, hey, you know, they are not they are not also GPS transmitters. So anyway, <laughs> you know, we, right. we have those in our phones, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, that's actually absolutely true. But, um, Rick, um, why have you been in the news recently? Why uh, you were there and you had a happy you had a happy face on. You were smiling. Everybody around you was smiling. Something neat must have happened. Yeah, well, after, you know, after five years, we finally prevailed. And uh, five years ago, uh, the federal government, uh, along with the state of Utah, uh, had worked together and brought some some pretty mean allegations against me and my companies and uh, had accused us of being one of the you know, most notorious and and uh, remarkable frauds in the history of the state of Utah. And and uh, between the media and the state of Utah and the federal government, uh, there was a, quite a battle going on. And uh, uh, some of them had a pretty, pretty keen agenda on trying to destroy my reputation and discredit the the things I had done in business, the things my associates and I had done in business, and even more, the criticisms we had advanced against uh, regulators. And I predicted, as you know, Clark, five years ago, that the outcome would not be what people imagined. Uh, not only did I deny the allegations, but 
I, a friend of mine just uh, showed me this. I didn't realize this. There's a YouTube video out where I did a television interview, and uh, Brian Malahi had interviewed me and said, uh, so how's this going to turn out, basically? And I said, you know, in the end, the prosecutors aren't going to look very good. And, uh, you know, so the reason I'm in the news is because prosecutors aren't looking very good right now. Well, I, I got to tell you from what from the accounts that I read, uh, this this was a federal case, and then I know that it was touted as you were the biggest, baddest, most notorious. Uh, the term Ponzi scheme uh, was used, and uh, you know, you know, basically when they when they had the term Ponzi scheme, they were supposed to see a picture of you in the dictionary. It was right. terrible. Right. And but what was it? Um, it, it and then in the end. Well, this didn't. was not just a victory, was it? This was no. this was not just a um, th- this wasn't a plea bargain. This wasn't anything but a slam, right. a flat out slam dunk right. win. Yeah, and it was a hard fought. And listen, it was the they had indicted me three times. I mean, so what they were doing is asking the court for permission to, for a fourth time. Um, and and you know it was ill begotten prosecution from the beginning. I Wait a minute, them, four bites at the apple? Yeah. Well, they wanted a fourth one. They had, they had three. They had three bites at the apple. When everybody else, did they get one chance to do it, and then they. No, okay. no. You know the government these days, they can come after you pretty hard for a long time. And uh, in my case, you know, uh, the state of Utah, the the actual people in government who were doing their job and who were you know honest and ethical, they had said there was no evidence that what we were doing was against the law. There was no evidence that I had broken any rule or law. And I played sound clips from those investigators uh, when I was first indicted, and yet because of politics, uh, because I had made some people uncomfortable, uh, largely, um, all that was brushed aside, and, and we later found, Clark, as, as, as some people know who have been following this story, what we turned up, what the government had to give us uh, during the course of my case were confidential memorandums where you know federal uh, and state employees knew uh, that in the beginning there was not evidence that there was a crime, and to compensate for that, they specifically set out on a strategy, they said, to use the media to discredit me and to get people to ally themselves with the gov- government rather than me. And, you know, when we showed that to the federal judge, that's when the story started to change in the courtroom, even if the media wasn't covering it all these years. It, and a lot of people were surprised last week when this dismissal happened, but for those who were paying attention... You know, we've been we've been in a battle for five years. As you know, uh, it's been a hard battle. And, uh, you know, I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful for, for the honest people in government, for the good people in government, and, and for a system that, while broken, if you fight your, your heart out, um, there's still a chance for, for an honest guy uh, or for a normal guy uh, to fight false accusations. And that's what I did for five years. Well, i, I got to tell you, and by means of disclosure, um, you were on my legal team, okay? That's how I know you. That's how I know the kind of integrity that you have, which is huge, which is fantastic. Um, and you were extremely pivotal, extremely integral in on my legal team. And everybody was telling us. In fact, I mean, I had, uh, you know, not, not my counsel, but I had other counsel telling me, Take the plea bargain. Take the plea bargain. You know, when we were a third of the way, half the way, three-fourths of the way through this thing uh, of our 14-month ordeal with mine, saying take the plea bargain. And, you know, I'd go back to you knowing that you were in the fight for your life, for the, the fight for, and we'll find out how, many, how long you could have spent in jail. Um, and you said, you know what, and you made sure, I had to tell you, you, had to, you questioned the heck out of me to find out if what I was saying was actually true. And you said, fight this dang thing. Um, and you wanted to know if I was a fighter or if I was going to, you know, 
take a take a plea bargain on uh, and and actually admit to something I didn't do. Um, but you know, it's very telling that the the state and the feds used my money and your money, uh, taxpayers' money, when they knew they didn't have the case, and they tried to win via well public opinion. They tried to they tried to get a uh, a ruling based on you know uh, on uh, leaks to the media and this type of thing, because if anyone were to read about your story just based on the media, okay, uh, they would think that you swindled people out of money, and were this uh, was sitting on top of a mountain of cash, ill-gotten at uh, other people's expense, and uh, but but the facts are it couldn't be farther from the truth. Um, am I right in saying no one lost, no one associated with you lost any money? Well, uh, you know, no, I wouldn't say that, Clark. I was a businessman. We were involved in the real estate world. We we won some and we lost some all the time. I mean, you know, you know that's a normal investment. Yeah, I mean, that's what I tell people. You know, we were all adults. We are all walking into this with our eyes wide open. And by far, the majority of the people who were my students or who worked with me or were partners with me or who did any, you know, direct dealings with me, by far, um, those people walked away better off than before were there were there instances of losses sure uh, I lost money my family members lost money but but you know we live in a day and age where you know it's time to wake up and, and, and turn your brain on you got to realize you know it's only the government who sells the idea that losing should be a crime you know success if you want freedom and you want liberty you've got to be free to succeed and you've got to be free to fail and sure, certainly we failed but but our failures were legitimate you know we we, we made decisions that you know in some instances you know we wish things would have worked out better but but broadly you you are correct that that our business they, they had our books from the beginning Clark then they knew it um, they they threatened me and said you know if you don't stop criticizing us on the radio we're gonna tell people you're a Ponzi scheme and they did that two weeks after they had completed a verification of our books that that the company was legitimate that we had by far made more money uh, than we had lost we had by far more assets than liabilities and they, they knew what they were doing and and in your case they knew what they were doing I mean this is very common um, in, in this day and age, we, we live where, where so many people are now, you know, in fear of their government that, you know, very few people fight. And, you know, if there's one thing I have to say that was a, you know, pleasant surprise with you is when we started talking, and, and you're right, I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> I kind of had a career change in the middle of all this and, and started helping people who were, who, who were in these battles because people need help. And, and, and my advice to you and to others is if you're innocent, you fight. You fight for yourself. You fight for your loved ones, and you fight for people who are going to come after you because too many people who have gone before us have compromised and made deals with these people, and you cannot compromise with these people because in situations like yours and mine, it's wickedness. And when you compromise with them, not only does it hurt you and your loved ones, it makes it easier for that wickedness to continue. That's that's so true. It, it, it absolutely does uh it, because because then the uh the, the feds or the bureaucrats that are doing this are 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 renewed and emboldened even further um by well, the, that the bad people i mean there are good people in employment of the government there are good elected officials there are good regulators there are, there are people who wake up every day trying to do their job but as we all know and anyone who loves liberty knows there is always the temptation for people to abuse power and sadly in utah um, you know, we have bought into this myth that businessmen and political activists and, and visible private citizens are our enemy and the bureaucrats are our friends. And they're not. Oh. And, 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 uh, I'm thankful for the honest employees. There, there were honest people in the state of Utah that helped us, sometimes secretly. And there were honest people in the federal government 
that sometimes helped us. And there was a, a good, quite frankly, um, uh, well, I won't go into too many details on, on that unless you ask, but because I'm obviously a little long-winded, but it only takes a few corrupt people to, to, to wreak havoc and to, to reign with tyranny. And it is way past time in America for people to pretend that that's not happening. You know, Rick, who, basically, why do you suppose, as you have thought at night, what did I do in a previous life to deserve this? Did I, I mean, were you kicking puppies or, I mean, what did you do, uh, to make, uh, the, the bureaucrats here in Utah, um, so irritated, so, so on a quest to do nothing but, um, find you guilty? Well, I made myself a target by speaking out. Uh, you know, I one of this one of the Channel 13 uh, news coverage did a, did a good story where they showed a quote from a radio show that I had done before all this began, where I was taking these regulators to task because, listen, I mean, they had been chastised already by the legislature in the state of Utah for disregarding the law. They had been there was an audit done that chastised them for not following policies and procedures, but basically acting on personal whim to to persecute businessmen. They had been chastised for when courts had found people not guilty or had dismissed cases, the regulators had brought separate actions, either administrative actions or civil actions, because they have contempt for the law. They have contempt for the rights. Some of these regulators haven't seen a businessman or a politically active citizen that isn't, you know, worth attacking. And so, I, you know, uh, I had some billboards up, as you know. I, I had a web presence. I was a public outspoken. I was involved in politics, and you know, I got involved in some controversial political uh, campaigns, and you know, I had people tell me, watch out. Now, I had some very, you know, prominent uh, Utah public officials say, you may end up dead if you're not careful. You know, and, uh, and, and, and there wasn't wow. a day, there wasn't a day that I didn't, didn't worry that the more we exposed what was happening, the more dangerous it was getting. And, you know, it's true. I mean, and, and, and on a smaller scale, I mean, I get wackos calling me all the time. I actually just had a wacko call me earlier, uh, that I just told you about a wacko. It was, it was so funny. Bless his little heart. Um, you know, when he found out Clark Potion was on the air, he decided to uh, to call in. And, you know, you can always tell these little spineless little, little, little individuals. They'll never tell you their name. I did invite them down to the radio station to chat. Um, and I'm hoping that they'll be out in the lobby and if they want to chat. But um, that's that's a little that's a little scary. But, you know, Rick, being right, being truthful, being honest. Um, <coughs> is that enough? Is, no. Was that an, that wasn't enough in your case, was it? You got to be willing to fight, and it's hard, and it costs your it costs a lot. It is expensive, not just financially. Uh, we're listening to Rick Kerber on the Kyle Two K Show, and we're talking about an overall bigger corrupt bureaucracy on KTK AM, saying AM six thirty. And we'll catch you after this break. Tune in on Sundays at 4 p.m. to learn the latest cutting-edge science of health with your host, Hugo Rodier, MD, and Gary Olson, D.C., on the Integrative Health Show, sponsored by Pioneer Comprehensive Medical Clinic in Draper. Our country is suffering from poor health due to nutritional, environmental, and stress problems. Learn how to address these problems and not rely on symptomatic treatments that often have too many side effects. The Integrative Health Show, Sundays at 4 p.m. on KTOK AM 630. Not many people think that they could die from taking prescription medications. After all, a doctor who has their best interest in mind prescribed it to them, right? 
The truth is that adverse drug reactions is the fourth leading cause of death in the United States and kills more than 150,000 people annually. We have good news. A local lab has developed an FDA-approved, non-invasive genetic test that only requires a simple oral swab. It works by analyzing your own body's DNA, and based on the results, it recommends specific medications that may work more effectively with your own body. This test is being sponsored by Dr. Stephen Warren, MD, and Dr. Craig D. Campbell, chiropractor physician. The lab test is covered by most insurance policies, which does include Medicare. For your appointment, call 801-566-HELP, which is 4357. For your consultation, one more time, call these doctors at 801-566-HELP, 4357, for your no-charge consultation. That could save your life, 801-566-HELP, which is 4357. There's no question juicing is the hottest craze sweeping America today. Why? Because juicing supports healthy energy, vitality, and cleansing. It even helps you stay fit and trim. The only problem with juicing, though, is the mess, the cost, and the cleanup. Introducing the Certified Organic Juice Cleanse, the fast and easy way to get the benefits of juicing without the hassle and without the cost. The Organic Juice Cleanse is organic juicing made simple. With over 24 superfruits and dark green vegetables like blueberries, broccoli, spinach, and kale, each great-tasting scoop of the Organic Juice Cleanse rejuvenates your body from the inside out. You just scoop, shake, and go, and you'll feel great every day. Best of all, be one of the first thousand callers and get your free Free bottle today. That's right. For your free bottle of the Organic Juice Cleanse, call right now. 1-800-500-3510. That's 1-800-500-3510. Call now. 1-800-500-3510. Call now. Call 254-5855. All right, and that is Kyle 2K music. If I've ever heard Kyle 2K music, that is Kyle 2K music. This is not Kyle 2K. This is the Kyle 2K show. Yes, you have the day and the time right. It is the 7 o'clock hour on August 22nd, 2014. It's Friday. It's raining and wet outside. So there's your weather report. Um, and I'm filling in. I'm Clark Apotion. I'm filling in for Kyle 2K because he dared. He had the guts to bring me on the air on his show. And whatever's left of it at the end, he can have it back on Monday. But today we have, uh, in this hour, we have Rick Kerber. Rick Kerber has been in the news recently. And it's been a joyous occasion that Rick has been in the news because uh, he kicked butt. He slam dunked. He got rid of how many how many counts ultimately over the five years how many counts were dismissed or 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 one? Well, the original indictment in two thousand nine had three counts. Uh, then the second indictment I think had twenty one counts, and then we got a couple of those counts dismissed in the course of fighting. And then just most recently, there was a third indictment. I it was nineteen or twenty counts. And uh, so, I mean, all total, 40, 50, We're into 40, 40, 50 counts. These are federal right. counts. Right. Any one of which, any one of those counts could have got you how long in jail? 
You know, uh, there wasn't a night. I was just saying that before the break. There wasn't a night I didn't worry that I'd spend the rest of my adult life in prison. And yeah. more. I mean, if if, if, if you, I yeah. think it was like four hundred and some years. I, I told yeah. my mother I was uh, going to keep. She asked me if I why why didn't I shut up, you know, and uh-huh. quit letting these guys come after you. And I said, Well, Mom, I'm going cool for a cool thousand years so I can <laughs> stay in prison for the millennium. Uh, <laughs> I mean. That's but but in all seriousness, yeah. I mean it was there wasn't a night I didn't look at my kids when I went to bed and wonder, you know, because you know as you know when it says USA versus whoever, yeah. it's it's just never good odds for the whoever. Yeah, and uh, and there's a lot of innocent people uh, in prison, and there are a lot of people who have done things that are in prison for way longer than any justice would require. So I I knew going into this that fighting was going to be Rick, a and risky even by even if they were to play fair. Even if the U.S. attorneys were to play fair, it would still be an extremely daunting task, let alone when they don't play fair and they, uh, and, and they almost have an ideological bent against you. Um, you know, and, but, but for you to have this resounding, I, I, I'm trying to think of other adjective to describe your victory. Um, now, well, I, well I, you know, let's not get too too happy about it. I mean, I, listen, I am so grateful. I mean, I shouted for joy. I walked out in the middle of the street. Yeah, I, I have I have since said goodbye. I, I've I've gone on strike and found my own uh, Mulligan's Valley for those who are listening. And and uh, I, I I've got out of dodge, if you will. But but there are a lot of people still in this kind of situation, and uh, there are a lot of people that will yet get into this kind of situation. And it is it is a it is a a really a really frustrating and and. And, and serious time uh, in our justice system right now, uh, especially for businessmen and businesswomen and entrepreneurs and politically active folks. I mean, it is it, it we have got to fight. And so so anyway, yeah. I mean, it was very serious, Clark. I knew it was very serious. Uh, it was a very hard fight. I'm so grateful for my attorney, Marcus Mumford. He came out of the blue. Uh, he fought his heart out. Uh, without a good attorney, I would have been toast. Um, and he, we worked together as a team uh, for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours, thousands of hours probably. And, uh, you know, you said if they would have played fair, it would have been hard. Sure, it, it's hard anyway. But in this case, not only did they not play fair, I mean, you know, we went through, you know, several people at the state end up resigning or losing their jobs over this. And the, in the federal system, I think we went through a dozen uh, uh, prosecutors. There were The main lead prosecutor stayed on the whole time, and then he was the one in the end, who who was chastised by the judge for knowingly and repeatedly violating ethics rules, federal law, and the constitutional right, my constitutional rights. In fact, the thing the media hasn't gotten you know very very clear on, which is just telling to anybody who loves liberty, if you read the order, it speaks for itself, and and it says that even before I was indicted, they were engaged in a scheme that was violative of federal law and my constitutional rights, just to bring the first indictment. I mean, they were already out of bounds. And uh, it's pretty Kafka-esque, right, where they, they arrest you or charge you uh, for, for unknown crimes, and, you know, their goal is to execute you before you ever get to trial. And I guarantee you nobody thought I would fight this for so many years. No, nobody ever thought that I would put up the fight. And, that and, and Rick, up. the thing that amazes me is th- they are representatives of the federal judicial system. This is These are people that we expect to be examples of obeying the law, <laughs> expect to be examples of fair play, um, expect to be representatives of the United States Constitution, and these are the first ones to have a systematic approach at destroying your liberty. We have a caller that I'm going to bring on. Um, and caller, are you there? Hold on, i got to hit the telephone button. Caller, are you there? Yeah, Clark, right. how are you doing? It, 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 this sounds like Harv. Is this Harv? Yeah. Hey, Harv, uh, how are you? Good to hear your voice. You too, good brother. You went through it. Uh, Rick, how are you? 
I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for asking. I haven't talked to you for a few years. Yeah, it's been a few. It's been a long time since I've been here at K Talk. Uh, it's a fun, I fun reunion. Thought you were guilty. What's that, Harv? I Is, thought you were guilty. You thought you thought Rick was guilty. Probably you've been reading the newspapers, huh? Well, that and the uh, radio, uh, not K Talk, but you know wherever I got my information, and then when I heard, I thought. Holy good God Almighty. Is that what you I, said? Did you actually say that? In my head. Okay. <laughs> I think I think I said it uh, at the press conference, Harv, so so I'm with you. Oh, I'm I'm uh good grief, man. I, and then uh, that's when I was listening to you, I thought gosh, I wonder how much that cost him. And then I thought I'm not gonna call in because it'll make you look like a chump. But then you said it wasn't just the cost; it's what it's cost, what it costs us psychologically, and all that. Yeah. And then that's when I called in. Yeah. How's How's Mama? Yeah, listen. How's your, how's yeah. your wife? Yeah, yeah. My my. Well, first she of all, she's a tough girl. She's a tough girl. Well, my. You know, listen. For those of you who don't know, you know, my first wife left after the first indictment. And what uh, the hell? What's that? Her heck. I mean, what? Yeah, so my first wife left, and interestingly, I will tell you, the government tried to get her to testify against me, and, and to her credit and her character, she always told the truth, and they were never able to, to, to you know, use that. As, as you know, a divorce can be a very difficult thing, but, oh, but I have yeah. to tell you, my current wife, Jewel, she married me when I was literally at the lowest point. You know, when I had lost everything, I had I had lost every you know all the money that I had, all the businesses that I had. Uh, you know, I'd lost the first marriage, and I was at the low point. And and Jewel knew me, and I I knew her family. She's a granddaughter of Cleon Skousen, and I knew her her family well. And she married me, came in, and, and and she 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 helped me raise my kids. She stood by me through this whole thing. And and the psychological war that the government plays is brutal. It's and, brutal. and to have somebody by your side like Jewel. Is 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 a godsend, and and no one will ever know. No one will ever know what she endured, and the stresses, and and the 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 pressures, and uh, I, I I'm I'm I don't know the words to 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 express how grateful I am to, you know, to have you know, someone like that. A good spouse can wow. can can make all the difference, and a bad spouse can make all the difference. <laughs> you know. Well, yeah. and, and just let me be clear. I, I still have a fine relationship with my first spouse. Our marriage didn't work out. Sure. I forget that the people you see on the headlines in the Salt Lake Tribune are real people, and they you know often have family members and kids and and lives and 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 prosecutors, particularly these people have been in there for so long that they they feel they should be immune, that they can do you no mean wrong. The, the people that are abusing us with. With our tax dollars, that that's right. It's, 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 Did it's, I say it all right there? They are abusing us with our tax dollars. In right. other words, if they had to put pull a buck out of their pocket, don't think they'd uh, pursue it too much further. Well, most of them, most of them couldn't maintain jobs in the private sector, which is why they do what they do. Rick, what do you do on a day-to-day -day basis or weekly to maintain your sanity to keep to keep your center? Well, that's a good question. Well, Sorry. 
you know, it, it, the first year or two was kind of a blur, to be honest with you. I was just trying to figure out how to be a dad in the process. And I had young children at the time. And yeah, how do trying you be- to bring out your kids, not lose your... I mean, how do you feed your family? How do you, how do you find a place to live? I mean, we got, you know, we had people try to get us out of our houses and people, you know, I even had family members, uh, distant family members who were, you know, wouldn't send their kids over to our house. And I'm like, what do you think is going to happen? I'm going to get them to invest in my kids' lemonade stand Ponzi scheme or something. I mean, uh, but, but anyway, but, but ultimately what I did, Clark, and as you know, there were people in the legal community who started to see our victories early on. Because from early on, we were scoring victories, and, and, and you know, for some reason it doesn't sell newspapers, I guess. But, but it, it was and very they un- thought, if he can do it, maybe I can too. Well, th- th- so there were, there were attorneys who started reaching out, and I started, because of the work I was doing in my own defense, I started having opportunities to use that to help others. And so on a day-to-day basis, I started working uh, as a legal assistant, you know, as a law clerk, and started helping people. And, and listen, there, there, there are not many attorneys out there who are willing to really fight. And and there are a few, and thank God for those few. And and, it's, and I've been privileged to be able to work with some of those people and help help fight. Because, man, when you get involved in the legal system, it is hard. It so, is hard. So did that did that actually help you to, to stay busy, to stay active, to keep your sanity then, was to to, to do work for other people, to you help bet. other people? You bet. Because i got to tell you, you and Morgan Philpot, you, you know, that, that legal team, that uh, partnership – uh, we're dynamic. We're absolutely fantastic. Um, there, you, you, you didn't fill me with false hopes, uh, but you told me realistically what was going to happen. And I know for a fact that you stayed up through the night on a few occasions just before a motion was going to be heard in, in one of our cases in court. And, um, and I know that for a fact. And I know that other attorneys, um, whether they had the, uh, the ability to do that or just the, or just, just the energy to do it, they don't, they didn't do it. You know, other attorneys are... Uh... Well, and you mentioned Morgan, and I didn't know Morgan when all this started. Uh, my, my rise and fall happened kind of before his rise and fall, if you will, and Morgan's a good man. And, and when, when Morgan and I first started talking, he was very suspicious and very skeptical because of, you know, everything he'd heard. He's a man of character and integrity for himself. And, and anyone, you know, not just my case, but in any case, you know, court records generally are public. And, it, 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 you know, if you, if you get concerned about a case, if, if it's affecting your life or touching your life in some way, you know, le- go learn for yourself. And, and to Morgan's credit, he did, and I started helping him in his law practice, and, and he's become a dear friend. And, and like Jewel, he, he, took a, he took a chance because, you know, he, he started working with me when, when it was there was no public vindication, you know. And, uh, and yet he, he, he could see for himself what had happened and what was going on. And so I'm very grateful for him and the several other attorneys. I'm not here to advertise today, you know, Clark, but but there are several. There's a, there's another half a dozen other attorneys out there who 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 know how to fight and are willing to fight and who 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 at personal sacrifice to themselves when there's a good fight that needs fighting, they'll go do the work. And and I'm grateful for that. And and I guess that's the other thing is it's easy to be negative. And I mean I'm I am concerned about the state of our country, the state of our state and yeah, sure. but there are some good people and if you'll stand yeah, up sure. and fight, they'll stand with you. You know, and 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 they're they're good, they're fighters, but you also have to have that knowledge. You have to have that. And I got to tell you, uh, you didn't get stumped once. Uh, you and Morgan were were fantastic, and I am the benefactor. And you guys actually did do some other rather high profile cases as well, and 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 won them quite resoundingly as well. Harv, thanks for the call. Appreciate you. I've got another call I got to get to. Man. Okay. Thanks so much for the input, and uh, just want to say one more thing. Okay. Uh, there's so many details to go on about this. I've gone through my own things in life, and uh, you can't put out enough details to make anybody understand it unless they've been through the stuff. 
All right. You, uh, d- true words. Thanks, Harv. Appreciate you. Love you guys, man. Take All care. Right. And uh, we and and Rick, we're just going to go to the next caller here. Caller, you're on uh, with Rick Kerber on the Kyle 2K show. Oh yes, I can't wait till they refile the charges against good old boy Rick the Creep Kerber. You're a crook, Morgan Silpock's a crook, and you should be ashamed for having such a crook on your show because you're as stupid as Rick Creepy Kerber. See, that's what yeah, that's Rick, what's neat. I got to tell you, Rick, that's what's neat about. Radio is because you can, you can say whatever you want, but you don't have to back anything up. I like the I, government. I mean, I said early on, I said, listen, these are serious allegations, but they've got to prove it. And, you know, a fellow like this who, who obviously doesn't know me, doesn't, doesn't know anything about what's happened. And, and you know, I, I, quite frankly, I don't get too upset at people like that because, you know, they, they're, they're pawns. And, and, you know, the goal is to wake up, my friend, and turn your brain on. Go, go read. Don't try. Don't, don't, don't take my word for it. Go read what a federal judge had to say about this. How about this one? When last year, when this started to appear to be coming to an end, uh, the prosecutors were so upset with this federal judge that they appealed to the Tenth Circuit. When, when, he, when he finally ruled that they had engaged in, in an intentional scheme that, that violated ethics rules and federal law and my constitutional rights, and, and when he had you know come out and, and, and found that, and and ordered that that all the fruits of that scheme you know needed to be suppressed. They they appealed. Local prosecutors appealed to the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals. And it's funny, Clark, because I didn't have to fight that battle. The Department of Justice in Washington D.C. came back to these local prosecutors and ordered them to dismiss their own appeal. So so this is you know you don't have to you, know, you know, just take my word for it. Go read the order; it's public. Go go read the order uh, where the federal government had to dismiss its own appeal because its prosecutors engaged in wrongdoing. And whether you you know you don't have to take my side in this; just take the side of a free citizen, and be glad that there are people in the courts and and in the executive branch of the government that still do their job protecting citizens from abuse. And uh, we, we used to have a, have a principle in America that it was better to check government abuse. Now we, we, don't, we don't seem to have that as much where, where you know, we forget that, that there is far more danger from tyranny and from abuse of government power than there is from our fellow citizens. And Rick, but when you rely on the government for your food and you rely on the government for, for everything um, – then, as as so many uh, you know people in the United States do, you don't want to bite the hand that feeds you. Oh, sure. You well, certainly don't. If you do not have personal responsibility and you have given it over to the federal government, then um, then then everything they do needs to be continued. Well, and that's that's what happened. You know, most people would probably be alarmed to know. You know, one of the things we found out is the Salt Lake Tribune was working with the government. They were informing. For the government, in my case, they would take the press releases from the government, they would write news stories, and when members of the public would contact the newspaper, the reporter would funnel the information and refer them to the FBI. Now, I think in America, people might want to know, particularly Salt Lake City, that reporters at the Salt Lake Tribune are working for the federal government. I, I can have an entire show on that entire thing that you just said. <laughs> Hang on. I'm going to let the, you will let the listeners stew on that for a minute. Uh, you want on facts, not on procedure. Um, so, all right. all right. Hang on. This is the Kyle 2K show. Clark Apotion sitting in for Kyle 2K, and we're listening to Rick Kerber.
Dave Eldridge here. You know Dave, the shy guy at Affordable Rent-A-Car? I'm really not shy. I'm just not your typical loudmouth car dealer. I know and love the car business because I grew up working in my parents' dealership. So even though I might be a little shy, I'm the right guy to rent or buy a car from. Come see me. Dave, the shy guy at Affordable Rent-A-Car and Sales. We're at 4000 South State Street. Or give me a call, 801-266-7368. That's 801-266-RENT. What if I could make your next trip to the dentist enjoyable? In the bad old days, that would have been a ridiculous question, but now it's state-of-the-art. No pain, no anxiety. You can choose to lie back and enjoy a major motion picture, or if you prefer, you can snooze through the whole procedure and wake refreshed with no memory of the experience. Now, let me recommend Dr. Sam Ritchie in Riverton at the Lighthouse Dental, located at the southwest corner of Bangor and 134th South. From the moment you walk in, you're going to feel at home. The rates are reasonable, and there are several types of financing available, no matter what you your family's dental needs might be. Tell the receptionist you're a K-Talk listener and you'll get an initial consultation and examination, including x-rays, absolutely free. Call 801-253-GRIN. That's easy to remember. 253-4746. That's 253-GRIN. Call now. 253-GRIN to schedule your free consultation. 801-253-GRIN. And remember to tell them Mills referred you. Or you can visit them at their website, lighthousesmiles.com. Tealicious Candies help to support our local food pantry, the Community Giving Back Food Pantry located at 2358 South Main Street in Salt Lake City. Every time you buy Tealicious Candies, you help keep the doors of this vital community service open. Tealicious Candies are beautifully packaged and the price is right. They are perfect for any occasion, whatever it may be, and just right to snack on after lunch or dinner. Tealicious Candies uses only the freshest ingredients and comes in many wonderful flavors. Martha Ann's Classic Peanut Brittle, Pecan brittle, smooth almond brittle, cashew brittle, cocoa coconut with no nuts, and new sun brittle. Every purchase helps to continue to keep serving the community, and one person can make a difference, and that person is you. For more information or to place your order, call 801-657-3422. Again, to order your delicious delicious candies and make a difference, call 801-657-3422. Thank you for your support, and may God bless you. Call now. Call 254-5855. All right. And this is the Kyle 2K Show on AM 630 KTKK. Uh, let's see. We have um, our guest in the studio today, Rick Kerber, who has been talking about what he's been going through for the last five years in, um, you know, basically just trying to, you know, to, to defend his, defend his rights. He was, uh, he's been truthful. He's been honest. Didn't do anything wrong. We've heard that before. Um, and finally, after five years, how many prosecutors? About a dozen. A dozen prosecutors that had, uh, you know, by his report, three bites at the apple, um, on this thing. Uh, over 40, somewhere between 40 and 50 counts that were actually dismissed against him. And at every stage in the game over the five years, he hasn't lost, uh, he didn't lose a motion. And, uh, you know, they weren't able to lay a hand on him. But for five years, he was in a fight for his life. So um, one of the things that I find interesting is the judge in dismissing this last and final thing says that he is dismissing it with prejudice. Can you explain 
uh, the, the federal judge and why he would say he was dismissing this case against you, uh, brought on by the, by the feds with prejudice. Sure. Um, and just just to correct, yeah, we, you know, we didn't win every motion. Uh, we, we won every substantive motion oh, uh, for, for the most part. I mean, but there were there were setbacks. You know, in five years, we, you, know, you don't win every argument, and and we certainly uh, uh, didn't win every argument. But we won the, the the important ones, and we won the arguments that ultimately mattered. Uh, look, uh, the dismissal is something that's rare, very very rare uh, in a federal criminal prosecution. And uh, in the case of the Speedy Trial Act, which was the the law that was used at this time to dismiss the case, remember my case had, the, the previous indictments had essentially been dismissed before this. Um, but but the executive branch of the government generally gets to decide when and who to prosecute, and the courts you know are there to make sure that it's a fair fight. Um, but under the Speedy Trial Act, once a decision is made that they have violated the Speedy Trial Act, the judge is given discretion, and he's required to go through an analysis of the law and the facts and the circumstances of the case, the, in, the entire circumstances of the case, and make a decision on whether the government should be allowed to try again or whether the case should be dismissed with prejudice, which means we're done. You, you can't try again. And and a lot of people, you know, you, you asked the question, was this a technicality? That decision is not a technicality, and you can read the order. Um, he, he did a, a full analysis that said they were, they were unlawfully scheming from the beginning, prosecutors, that they had violated rights all along. At one point he said that the indictment that they brought was so vague and so unspecific that if it would have been a civil case, it would have failed on its face, and he would have dismissed it for failure to state a claim. And and he asked the the, the government, why are we holding Mr. Kerber uh, and and his liberty at bay um, on, on an indictment that's so vague that you know it would fail in a civil civil case? And that's very telling that they said it would fail in a civil case, which doesn't require the the level of proof. Right. That a That's criminal right. case that you had, so it, right. it, even a lesser a, a lesser requirement of proof, it would have failed there, and they were, were responsible for having a much higher or a higher level of proof. Um, th- that's very, that's very telling. Well, I mean, you know, for those of you know, the media and, and, and some people in the government keep saying, oh, these there were hundreds of victims, there were thousands of victims, but go read the indictment. They never named one. They could never prove one. Um, they, they never, matter of fact, they argue they shouldn't have to be specific. They should just be able to allege generally. Um, but, you know, that was part of the problem. And that was part of the problem with this case from the beginning when they made it about, you know, public opinion, not about the law. And, you know, I'm grateful that the, as many problems as we have in our government and in our legal system, uh, that we were still able to, to exercise our rights, exercise my rights and fight. And, and I'm, you know. It turned out turned out well in but, the end. But obviously, you spent a lot of money yeah. to do this. The average person that uh, that that might be faced with something like this <coughs> is going to take the first plea deal because their counsel is going to tell them, "Take the first plea deal. You don't have the money to pay me." Well, usually in cases like this, what they do is they drag out the preliminary stages for so long that the normal person ends up burning through whatever money they've got before the fight ever gets hot. And so then you don't have resources. And and luckily, like I said, uh, uh, Marcus Mumford, he stuck with my case even when I ran out of money. And, uh, you know, that doesn't happen every day. Why did you pick Mumford, Marcus Mumford? Um, 
Did you, know, you inter- did you interview a bunch? Did you? I did. I flew all over the country actually, because in the beginning, uh, you know, I was I was determined to fight, and I wanted to get the best lawyers. But uh, they were, I mean, people wanted two million, four million, you know, more than that sometimes to to fight. And you know, <laughs> I had taken the money that I had made from our business ventures and had used it to either live or to to put back into my companies to try to save them. And so it's not like I had money stashed away, you know. And so. Uh, it was hard, you know. I couldn't couldn't find the the resources to hire those attorneys, and then Marcus came, and and he had he had been referred. I think he'd listened to some of my old uh, free capitalist radio shows, and and uh, we had a conversation. And I'll never forget what he said to me. This this is what made me. Well, you know, Marcus uh, stutters, and so so you know we're we're kind of a um, odd couple, right? Because I, I can't stop talking, and sometimes Marcus can't start. And um, when I met him, I thought, geez, really? You know, is this going to be my guy? And after several hours of talking with him, I was so impacted by by him. And he said to me, I, I said, what's our strategy going to be? You know, if you're my attorney, how are we going to approach this? And he said this, and I'll, I'll never forget it. He said, you know, when you're in a fight like this, you, you got to hit hard. And he says, if you hit hard, good things happen. And uh, that's what he did. And, uh, I, again, very grateful to have found him. Uh, he, I think I was the first client to, or, or, you know, first big client that he took once he got back here to Utah and, um, I can't say enough. He, he he's like a brother to me now. Well, fantastic. And, and Marcus Mumford practices in uh, in Utah, Salt Lake City. Yeah. Right. Is he any relation to Michelle Mumford? Yeah, um, that's his wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Oh okay. That, okay. Wow. Um, that's fantastic. It's a. It's I, a big... I I I don't know for sure, but I've heard that Michelle didn't like my cowboy hat uh, on the press conference. I'm so, oh. she, so she may she she may be more tasteful uh, than okay. Marcus. Okay. So. Um, so we've been through this, but I got to ask you: Is the framework, is the you know, is the is the framework still in place here in the, in Utah for this to happen to another person again, another entrepreneur, another uh, you know, is that still in place right now, or have have corrections been made? Uh, you know, look, it's happening right now. And uh, there are people who don't have the resources to fight, who are facing as difficult fights as I fought, faced, m- maybe even more so. Um, I, I've met so many people over the years, and they've had their reputations trashed by, by this very thing and their family uh, impacted. And, you know, they, it's like carrying around a scarlet letter for the rest of your life, even if you do prevail. And uh, But, you know, the, the, the reforms aren't what you would think. Uh, you know, Clark, I've spent a lot of time wondering, how do you, how do you fix this? And uh, uh, we have kind of a sickness in, in, our, in our society. The political thinking is, well, if we just change a person, you know, if we just get rid of this bureaucrat or elect this leader or pass this law, things might change. And, and by believing that, we give power to the very institutions and organizations that are most dangerous to us. What we've got to do is we've got to get informed ourselves. We've got to commit to being educated ourselves. And then we've got to take that into our families and homes. And we've got this, this, this might sound a little off topic, but, but, you know, and I don't have time to explain the whole thing, but one of the lessons that's strikingly clear to me is you've got to then take that, you know, listening to talk radio is not enough. You've got to get an education. And I'm not talking about going to school, okay? I'm talking about making it part of your life to learn what's going on and, and how to deal with what's going on. And then you've got to take it into your home. And you've got to organize your family, okay? And if we have homes, 
that are stalwart, if we have homes that are fortified, if you will, and I'm not talking physically fortified, I'm talking intellectually fortified, if we have homes that are strong, then we can fight because because what most people don't realize is the people who get elected, the people who get appointed, the people who get put in positions of power are a symptom of what's happening in our homes. And so um, as some people have noticed uh, I've decided to, to relaunch, if you will, the Free Capitalist Project 2.0, and uh, we're going to show people. And, and, and we've got to, we haven't reached a point in America yet where, where it's time to, to just throw everything out and, and abandon the law and, and start a war. We, you know, we're not there. But it is time for lawful insurrection. It, where can people find out about the Free Capitalist Project 2.0? Just go to freecapitalist.com. Freecapitalist.com. Uh, or look me up on Facebook. But the, the phrase I would use, Clark, is lawful insurrection. I would tell everyone, it's time to start not giving the benefit of the doubt to your encounters with the government. And lawful insurrection, you make every turn. There's no niceties. There's no politeness in waiving your rights and giving away your rights. And I don't mean I, – if you're pulled over for a speeding ticket, if you're dealing with a tax assessment, if you're dealing with a, a, an, an ordinance issue in your local town, if, 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 heaven forbid, you get charged with a crime, you have got to fight to preserve your rights from the beginning. We've got to quit tolerating the, the just rampant disregard – for the rights of citizens, and, and and I call that lawful insurrection. If everybody learned how to responsibly and legally stand up for themselves, it would change things quickly. And, um, I mean, it's in economics, it's in business, it's in the law, it, I mean, it's everywhere. And so so there, I've got a lot more to say about that, Clark, but in answer to your question, yeah, of course, this is happening every day. And, and, and we can either, you know, lip service is cheap, it's easy to talk about it, but it's hard to do something about it. It's very well, hard. I, I got to tell you, when they find people that have um, usurped their power, bureaucrats, uh, obviously we're talking about bureaucrats who are given power, and uh, they've abused it. Uh, they have treated it with uh, with uh, with their own ideologies and, and that. Um, I think this exact thing will continue until they are fired and they are as appropriately criminally charged or civilly charged, whatever is appropriate. Um, but it's going to hurt when you're given a position of trust, when you're given a position of responsibility, um, that you that you do that, especially when you're talking about taking away someone's liberty, um, and and you know it, you know it's too harsh to say their life because you're you, you weren't you weren't going to be executed for this, but um, what's, what's, the, what's difference the difference if you're going to be in if you're going to be in jail for 400 and something years? Yeah, what's the difference? I yeah. mean, liberty's got to be more than a slogan. And it is and then the other thing I got to say because you know I'm I'm still reeling. You know, from um, from the press, and you know, a lot of people um, heard about the only thing they learned about you was from the press, and anything they learned about me uh, was from the press. Uh, you know, it, it, even though they interviewed us both and we told them certain things, um, it seemed to never make it into the print, never make it onto the you know through the editing of the uh, the TV report. Um, is there any? Is there any accountability? Is there any uh, accountability to the press other than an ethical expectation that they report appropriately? There may be. So, okay. All right. well, there may be. And, and I, won't, know, I won't go any farther than we're, we're, that. We're, we're certainly looking at that. Yeah. But, but, Clark, you know, just to, to speak to that, you know, Utah should, should, should have long since learned already that uh, there is a, a shockingly little journalism that goes on in this state. 
Um, there are a few bright spots, and, and thank goodness for that. But, you know, when you've got reporters at the Salt Lake Tribune working for the government and you've got, you know, your supposed alternative newspaper like City Weekly having their key kind of informants be government prosecutors, you know, it, 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 they should be embarrassed. You know, I mean, we, didn't, we don't have the First Amendment so the press can help the government. I mean, that's a just think about that for a minute. I mean, that, it, it, it's, it's, it's completely reversed. It's completely against um, what that was about. I mean, the First and, Amendment was to protect the citizens' right against the government. And, and you'll find these reporters are so-called high ideals. And uh, the, these reporters think that they're doing God's work, you know. But, but I would suggest that they question their assumptions. I would suggest we all question our assumptions. What is it that we're standing for? What is worth fighting for? And, and I will suggest you consider the idea that businessmen and politically active individuals are not our enemies. Although there are occasions where those individuals do wrong and need to be held accountable, but our enemy is tyranny, whether it's foreign or domestic. And uh, I just invite people to ask themselves. I invite the reporters who, who got sucked into just being kind of, what, what, what do some people call them, the drive-by media? Yeah. You know, they just... They just don't question. They're tools. They don't. Yeah. They don't question the assumptions of the government. They consider the government the most reliable source of information. Right. You know, we call. I just had a text message. You know, I spent some time in the Soviet Union and in Russia. And one after the other, they're a rap. Or, uh, how do I say it now? I, uh, 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 um, it's the uh, it's the term a rap. Uh, uh. Uh, uh, apparatchiks. Apparatchiks. Anyway, this has been the Kyle 2K Show.